Revelation chapter one, Revelation chapter one and verse seven. Revelation chapter one and verse seven. Behold he, of course he is Jesus, cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds. I want to look at the subject of clouds for a few minutes tonight. Just a few brief thoughts that God has placed on my heart, especially in light of some of the things that I've experienced this week uh, and some things that I think you as a church need to be praying about with me. Uh, It has been such a great week, such a glorious week, but also such a trying week. And uh, to be quite honest, as I was sitting for a couple of hours before that, uh, I had a meeting before church, before I came to that meeting, uh, contemplating the service tonight. And within myself, I said, I'm just physically, emotionally, just wrung out. And uh, I, I hope that that doesn't convey through this message tonight. But there's times where that with all of the blessings, you also fight some of the greatest battles. And I mentioned that recently, there are battles and blessings. And uh, right now we're facing some things as a church that we need to be aware of that there are people that stand in great need and we want to always be ready to help them. But sometimes it's hard to know what to do to help someone. Would you agree with that? So as I had been praying about revisiting this text many years ago, I looked at it from this pulpit. It's been years, at least 30 years probably, uh, since I looked at it here at the church. But I thought of the phrase clouds. Every word in your Bible is there for a reason. And clouds are mentioned frequently throughout the Bible. And I think some of the lessons we learn from, from clouds are relevant to some of the things that some of our people are going through right now. One thing, clouds speak of creation. Clouds didn't just get there by themselves. God created them. When you read Proverbs 8, 28, you'll find out that he was the one that established the clouds. He put the clouds in the heavens for a purpose. According to Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse three, it says, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. After the fall of mankind, God has chosen clouds to be the primary way of us receiving the rain that we need at the time that we need it. One of our folks that garden happened to mention to me the other day, they said, don't you just wish the Lord would tell you when a big rain is on the way? And last week, you're like me, I looked at the weather, I saw no chance of rain, Candy and I watered everything, And then in came the thunderstorms. And if we would have only known, but God does take care of his creation. And when we think of the clouds, we think of rain and that's God's way of saying, I'm going to provide for everything, the trees, the grass, the gardens, I'll provide it all through rain to give you the water that you need on this earth to drink and to take care of yourself. So clouds speak of creation. Clouds also speak of life. 
You know, when you think about that storm that came in, I couldn't believe when I was sitting there, I said, Candy, I thought it said no chance of rain. She said, there is no chance of rain. And I said, that's a really black cloud coming this way. That's a dark cloud. And I said, there comes some more. And before long, the clouds got bigger, the clouds got more dark because that's one of the things with clouds. You can go out on a day like today and I looked up and I saw the white clouds floating through the air. And, and then there's other times where the, the clouds at sunrise and sunset. I don't know how many of you travel the bypass, but uh, I'm glad they put the bypass in if for nothing else when you go through on sunset and sunrise. It's one of the prettiest scenes that you'll see anywhere when you overtop the hills. Look at the colors. Have you noticed how colorful that it gets and the clouds get when the sun is rising and the sun is setting? But the clouds are constantly changing colors and that's somewhat like life, isn't it? There's times where that you feel like suddenly dark clouds roll in. There's other times where everything seems light and carefree. There's other times when it seems so beautiful and it's filled with colors. None of us know from day to day, moment to moment. I say it constantly from this pulpit. You can leave this place tonight. One text, one phone call, one knock on the door. It could change your life forever. That's happened since Sunday. 1.34 this afternoon, Ed Davis made his entrance into heaven. Just a few days ago, he had open heart surgery. I was visiting him every day down in rehab and he was doing better and then suddenly took a turn for the worse. And it wasn't really, I should correct myself, it was for our worse, it wasn't for his. He's doing better than he's ever done before right now. And he doesn't have to worry about having difficulty breathing or fluid build up or anything else. He's with the Lord for to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'll be meeting with a family sometime the next few days. Yesterday I'm in the office and just a typical day, the phone rings and they said, they named the name, said they need you right now. And I got in my car and drove out to Larry Cantrell's and Larry's been a good friend to Candy and I and attends this church and usually on Wednesday night is sitting right in front of Bruce and Jamie. And Larry had gone out to mow and was weed eating and his boy was supposed to come out and do some work and it got to be about a half hour and he thought, where's he at? And when he went, he found him inside the house, down on his knees, dead. Larry's life changed just like that. And as I stood there beside of him, you talk about an awkward time. Can I ask you something? What, if, what would you tell people at a time like that? I mean, I listen to people all the time sit around and grumble about how hot it is in here, how cold it is. And I hear them grumble about this and grumble about that. What I want to do is take you and let you sit down by a family that just sees their son deceased and see what you think really is a problem then. And I always have this concern, Lord, don't let me say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. My mind always goes back to a lot of you probably don't even recall him, but he was a great preacher of yesteryear. I'd heard him preach, Dr. Jack Howes, and, and he built at one time the largest Sunday school in America. 
was at his church in Hammond, Indiana. Jack Howells had gone to Mansfield, Ohio, was sitting on the platform with a preacher. And the pastor leaned over and said, do you see that lady back there? And he said, yes. He said, Dr. Howells, that lady's husband was just diagnosed with terminal cancer and there's nothing that they can do. Jack Howells said, I watched that lady as she worshiped. And I watched her later in the service come up to the altar. And he said, and I watched others come forward and they started sharing the load that they were under and the things they were going through. And he said, when I got back to the hotel, he said, it was Labor Day. And it went through my mind, all of my people that were going through things, hardships and trials. And he said, I couldn't help but think of one individual that just a few days before that had come to him and looked at him with tears in their eyes and said, Pastor, why? 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 And he said, just like that, God said, pick up your pen start to write. And these are the words that he jotted down for a life sometimes where the clouds turn dark and the people, what they were going through. He said, I've sat beside a tiny crib and watched a baby die as parents slowly turned to me to ask, oh, pastor, why? I've held a youthful husband's head and felt death's heave and sigh and looked the widow in her eyes with tears streaming down as she said, dear pastor, can you please tell me why? I've seen a gold star mother weep and hold a picture nigh her lonely heart and softly ask, why pastor, oh why? I've walked away from baby land where stillborn babies lie. A mother stretches out empty arms and asks me, pastor, why? I've heard the white-tipped tapping gang, which leads a blinded eye. And then a dark and lonely voice cries, Preacher, can you show me why? I caught a fiance's burning tears and heard her lonely cry. She held an unused wedding gown and weeping said, Pastor, why? I've heard the cancer patient say, Tis gain for me to die. Then looked his daughter in the face And she softly whispered, why? I've seen a father take his life, a widow stand nearby. As little children say, dear mom, don't worry, the preacher will tell us why. I've seen a mother stand beside two tiny graves and cry. And though she's never let me know, I knew she wondered why. I've heard an orphan faintly say, who gazed into the sky, Though mom and dad have gone away, my preacher, he'll know why. I tiptoed to my father's throne, so timid and so shy, and simply said, dear God, some of your own are asking me and wanting to know why. I heard him say so tenderly, their eyes I'll gladly dry. Though they must look through faith today, tomorrow they'll know why. If now they find the reason that their hopes have gone awry, in heaven they'll miss the joy of getting to hear me tell them why. And so I found it pleases him when I can testify. I'll trust my God to do what's best and I'll just wait to find out why.
Sometimes that's the way that life is. We don't always know the whys, but we know one thing. Life may be filled with all types of colors and bright days and bad days and good days and down days. But one thing, he is still God on the throne through all of it. And he always knows why and he'll see us through. Clouds tell us about the promises of God. Back before the flood, mankind had gotten so wrapped in sin and had gone so far in evil and vile corruption that finally it grieved the heart of God that he had created man. And he said, I'm going to destroy this world with water. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And Noah gave God a command. And Noah obeyed God's command. He took God in his word and believed God's promise. And he worked and preached and built and remained faithful. And God did what he promised. The flood came. And God did what he promised. Noah and his family were safe. And God did what he promised. He allowed them to walk out on dry ground. And then God did the most remarkable thing of all. He took a rainbow and hung it into the heavens. And he said, I put my bow in the cloud because my promise is I'll never destroy this world with water again. And every time we look at that rainbow, we're reminded of the promises of God. Life may be filled with all types of problems, good days and bad days, but God is exactly who he promised that he is. We'll do exactly what he promised he will do. God will never fail us. His promises are sure. His yay is his nay is nay he never changes he is always constant always stable and we can rely on the promises of God clouds speak of forgiveness you know what Isaiah said in Isaiah 44 22 that God has blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins and iniquities. You know what he was saying? Just like that cloud has the power to blot out. Have you ever thought about this? The most powerful force in this universe is the sun. That's the most powerful force we know of. There's no source of heat like the sun. There's no source of light like the sun. But as powerful as that sun is, you let a cloud, a thick cloud come between us on this earth and the sun and it blocks out the light and it blocks out the heat and it becomes ineffective. You know what God is saying? Yes, you have sinned. Yes, you have transgressed. He said, but I have a way of blotting out just like that thick cloud. I can blot all of that out until nothing can pass through to heaven. It's different from heaven's view than it is from our view. I can't tell you the numbers of times that I've gone to preach and when I'd get on a plane, it would be dark and dreary and storming and snowing or raining and take off in that jet and before you know it, eventually you'll feel some rough spots but it'll break through the clouds and isn't it amazing when you get on top of the clouds, the sun's always shining there and it looks so different above the clouds. If we could only see things the way that God sees things, we're down on this earth going through it all but God above sees and knows and is watching over it all. Speaks of his forgiveness. Clouds speak 
of guidance. You remember when they came out of Egypt, they'd come through the Red Sea. And after that, they had come through that sea. They're on the other side. They're on their way to a promised land. But how would they know which way to go? What direction? How should they journey? God said, I'll take care of that. I'll give you a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. We don't know from the Bible how high that cloud was. I can say this with all assurance. It had to be high enough for the entire camp to see it. Now, the numbers keep changing. When I started preaching, it's been a few years ago now, but when I started preaching, they used to say that about a million Jews came out, Hebrews came out of Egypt. Now I hear authors say three and a half to four million. And I'm gonna tell you, I don't know. But I do know there was a great number, 70 went in. And a great number, a multitude came out. But God had that cloud high enough that he said, this is what I want you to do, you watch the cloud. And if the cloud moves, you move with the cloud. And if the cloud stays, you stay where you're at. As long as the cloud stays, you stay. When the cloud moves, you move. Now there's only one way that they could know if it's moving, it had to be high enough into the heavens for them to see it. We know through history that they say that that cloud reached three and a half to four and a half miles up is what was estimated. Because not only could they see it, but their enemies could see it. Do you remember the cloud moved between them and the enemies to protect them? They were safe on the other side of the cloud. So it was not only good to guide them, but it was also a way of protecting them against an army that's coming against them. So it had to have great height, great ability. But the key was it led them. And it was high enough for them to see. Now let me tell you where you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. If you ever get down and you're looking down and you try to make a critical decision in your life, you're not doing it the biblical way. They could only move when the cloud moved. That means to see the cloud, they had to look up. And if you wanna know which way to go, don't ever make a decision while you're looking down. You make your decision while you're looking up. As we look up to the Lord, that's how God directs us and God leads us. And God said, you watch that cloud and wherever that cloud goes, you follow that. You say, why preacher, there's no cloud in our life. But really, that was the Old Testament symbol of what we have today. The truth of the matter is, every believer is born again through the blood of Jesus Christ and by the new birth, which is a birth of the Spirit. And all believers have the Holy Spirit in them. And the Lord is saying, when you get ready to move, you always wanna move in accordance to the direction and leadership of the Holy Spirit. So you let the Spirit guide you and lead you. That means our thoughts is not what is important. It's what God 
leads us to do that's important. So that cloud is a picture of guidance. But also, that cloud speaks of Christ's return. Jesus had risen from the dead. On many accounts, his apostles had seen him. Over 500 at one time had seen him. Many eyewitnesses, according to the book of Acts, had seen him. He was there with them. He ate with them. He talked with them. He walked with them. They've now been with him and he's getting ready from the Mount of Olives to ascend back into heaven. And as he ascends back into heaven, the Bible says in Acts 1-9 that he was, as they beheld him, he was taken up into heaven and a cloud received him out of their sight. How did he leave? He went on a cloud. How's he coming back again? Look in the clouds. Don't look for a statue on the wall or a painting on your wall or or anything else. You don't look at any of the signs around you here. You keep looking up. That's the way he went. That's the way he's coming again. This same Jesus you see taken up shall come again in like manner. By the time you get to 1 Corinthians or 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I, Candy knows one of the things I always, always, always wanted to do was to be a pilot. Scares you, doesn't it? I've always wanted to be a pilot and two things kept me from doing that. Uh, number one, I didn't have an airplane. And number two, I didn't have the money to get an airplane. But I've always loved flying. One year, as a Christmas gift, she got a gift for me that I was honored to be able to be up in a plane. Not only did I get to control a single engine plane, but also a jet. They are very sensitive to altitude. All I know is they kept saying, you're below your flight pattern pull it back up. And sometimes it was hard for me to get the feel of what was going on. But there I am sitting in this cockpit as the pilot really had control of all of it, but yet he let me feel like I was the pilot. That was a great feeling because if we crashed, it would still be his fault. (laughs) So here I am. And I thought how wonderful that feeling was when we broke through the clouds and and that power. But then God reminded me, that's nothing, Cal. There's a day coming that if you die before I come and they plant your body, or if you're alive when I come, you're going to do more than take an airplane ride. Clovis Vanover used to say, I'm not gonna take an airplane ride, I'm gonna take a plane air ride. And through the clouds, we will go in the presence of the Lord God Almighty to be with him forever in a perfect place. That's the promise of his word. I hope this church hasn't forgotten. Jesus is coming again. 
Don't be discouraged by all the things you see going on in this world. It has to be before Jesus comes again. But hallelujah, he is coming again. John Knox was one of the great, great preachers in history in Europe. He'd gone to Scotland south to preach and then several years had passed and they couldn't get him back and people were flooding with letters. Come, come, preach for us. I've read accounts where it said that the Queen of England was more afraid of John Knox's prayers than she was any military in the world. That's a powerful prayer warrior. And they kept begging him to come. Finally, he wrote a letter and said, I have heard from God and I'm going to get to come and preach. Of course, they didn't have the communication that we have now. They just had his word that he was coming. They said that people would meet one another on the street and instead of saying hello, they would look at one another and they'd say, John Knox is coming. John Knox is coming. Have you heard? John Knox is coming. They would say, John Knox is coming to preach. I I don't know when, but I'm looking for it. He's coming. They were so excited that John Knox is coming. Let me ask you, have you looked at somebody lately and said, hey, Jesus is coming. He wrote us a letter. I don't know the day. I don't know the hour, but hallelujah. I know that he's coming again. My job is number one, be ready when he comes. And number two, tell everybody, he's coming again. He's coming again. Jesus is coming. So you may go through some things in life, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. And life can change quickly, but that doesn't mean that God's not in control. There may be some times that you wanna ask why, and you can't get the answer to your why. Don't be discouraged. That's gonna make heaven even sweeter because when we're in his presence, he who knows all things can tell us the reason why. Sometimes he allows us to see it down here. You'll go through things and then 20 years later, he'll say, Lord, that's what you were doing. So that's what you were doing. You don't see it then, but you see it now. 45 years ago, my dad was in a revival, couldn't finish the revival, asked the pastor. He said, I gotta leave the last two nights. I had, hadn't been preaching long, said, can my son come up, finish out the revival? The pastor said, be great. I went up, preached the revival, just thought it was a revival. But then I looked in the crowd and saw a beautiful black-eyed girl. I felt led to go back for another revival. She didn't care much for me then, but I grew on her. And... uh, 43 years ago today, 
today. He walked down an aisle, said, I do. Thank you, honey, for making these years so sweet. Making my job so easy. We had no idea when we started the journey that come this September, 40 years ago, we walked the crowded little church down on the bottom. We had one child that was not a year old yet, 11 months old, and one on the way. One year and 10 days in between them. And when I came in, she was expecting and had one little one. And when we came through, we could hear people saying, there she is. I'd say they're going to have 12 kids. I actually heard somebody say, we'll never be able to afford them people. They'll have babies. We'll never, we'll never get them stopped having babies. And I want to tell you, there have been a few, a few rotten, mean people. They really have. I remember we got out of the car one day. A lady looked at her and said, we're paying you too much. You got a new dress on. We got the dress for a dollar at a yard sale. But through all of those years, most of those that are rotten, they moved on. Most. But I want to tell you something. 99.99% of you, it has been our honor and our privilege to serve you. And we mean that. We mean that. Thank you for making our lives sweeter. Thank you for giving us more golden clouds and beautiful clouds. Thank you for loving us through the dark clouds and the times that we're good and the times that we're bad. We love you. And as a church, we're going to help these families get through what they're going through right now, aren't we?